good morning and a continued Merry Christmas to you all as we celebrate the seventh day of our of our Christmas festivities on the church calendar on this first Sunday after Christmas uh, just a few things to share before we begin first one note about the service in the bulletin the canticle of praise listed is this is the feast uh, instead of this is a feast we will do the Gloria as our canticle of praise so just be aware of that uh, a few things in the life of the congregation a reminder that our annual congregational meeting will be on the 14th so please plan to stay after worship for that meeting also committee chairs if you haven't filed a report yet to go into the annual report uh, make sure we get that this week so that that can go get put together and get to the congregation also if you haven't checked your mailboxes your newsletters will be in your boxes for january um, also just one note uh, as we begin the new year many people are looking for bible reading plans and schedules i did want to point out that every month in your newsletter there is a bible reading schedule for the month uh, that schedule is structured in such a way that if you follow it you'll read the whole new testament in one year and you'll read half of the old testament um, and you will read at least one psalm every day so it is a way to to read scripture faithfully if you're interested in a new bible reading practice for this new year uh, just one prayer request this morning uh, we will add betty hawk to our prayer list who is currently in the hospital so we will lift her up in prayer are there other announcements or any prayer requests that you have this morning yeah uh, just take your poinsettias home if you had ordered a poinsettia uh, yeah. we'd like them to go after this service if you could thank you yeah they would love to go home with you Right. If there's nothing else, I invite you to take a few moments to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we listen to the prelude.
you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God and the highest and peace to God's people on earth. Almighty God, you wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and yet more wonderfully restored it. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of the one who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. 
You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of the Lord. We'll now intone Psalm 148. reading from Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. When the time came for their, for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem 
to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. <clears throat> she was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow, to the age of 84, she never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we have a big gospel text this morning with really two important Christmas events. The first is the purification of Mary, and the second is the presentation of Christ in the temple with Simeon and Anna. But putting these stories together will allow us to put together two big gospel ideas. Because what we'll see is what Christ has done for us. What Christ has done for us, what he accomplished for us, even as an infant child. And then we will see how Christ consoles our heart. While we live in this world filled with threats of sin, death, and the devil, we will see what Christ has done for us. And so as we begin Luke chapter 2, we notice that Luke makes a point to emphasize that Mary and Joseph are meeting their obligations according to God's law. So looking through it, verse 22 reads, When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, and then in verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, and then in verse 24, and they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, and then again toward the end of the reading, Luke points out, when they had finished everything required by the law of the, of the Lord, they returned to Galilee. Right, clearly Luke wants us to see this emphasis that the law's obligations are being met. 
and what you know, if you've spent much time in the Old Testament, if you've read much of the Old Testament, if you've read the book of Leviticus or the first five books of the Old Testament, is that the law's obligations on all these topics are really about sacrifice. Right? There are regular sacrifices that priests offer on behalf of the people. There are sacrifices that individuals and fam families are responsible for supply supplying annually during certain life events to the priest and so on. Even the book of Leviticus outlines five categories of sacrifice, how and when they are to be offered, why they're to be offered, and all of that's done in great detail. But in some way, all of these sacrifices are asking and getting to a real basic question, which is how is it that unclean sinners are able to come into the presence of a holy God? Right, how can sinners worship God while remaining sinners? Well, what the Old Testament is showing is that God makes provisions for them. Because when sinners come before a holy God, they are undone. You'll remember even in Genesis, when Adam and Eve commit the first sin, and they come into the presence of God, they feel that deep shame. They know what God's word has said to them, that because they are sinners, they will die. And so it is the case for every sinner. In the presence of God, their life is required of them. No sinner can stand before God and live. And so in the Old Testament, God commanded the people of Israel to offer sacrifices as kinds of tokens for their own lives. Rather than demanding their blood, God demands the blood of bulls, calves, lambs, turtle doves, and so on. And God accepted these sacrifices for a time. But the people remained sinners. The sacrifices never truly fixed their hearts, never fixed their real problem. And so the people had to offer sacrifices over and over for their whole lives. Now, if we know that the law is about requiring the sacrifice and about purifying sinners to stand in the presence of God, we can begin to see why Luke emphasizes the fulfillment of the law here in chapter 2. It is because Christ has put himself under the law. The law giver has submitted himself to the law. And so as St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law. By submitting himself to the law, Christ becomes the fulfillment of the law. He takes on all of its demands, and taking on all of its demands becomes a sacrifice for us. The book of Hebrews puts it like this, and it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And there's a reason that we Christians no longer offer sacrifices. It is because Christ our Lord has been sacrificed for us. He came under the law. He submitted to its demands. And when he took on our sins, he suffered the laws, curses, and consequences for us on the cross. And I know that all of this is heavy theology and it's heavy teaching for a Christmas celebration. But Christmas is not a celebration if we do not know why Christ came into the world. He came, to say, he came to save sinners, sinners who found themselves under the curse of God's law. And so indeed, Christians no longer offer sacrifices. 
We don't bring things to the altar to meet the law's demands. We don't offer money or gifts or the blood of animals or anything else as a kind of token for our lives. And we don't need to do this because Christ has done it for us. Christ has met the law's demands for us. And so now we are free from the law's curses and demands. And we're made certain children of God. That is to say, we can stand in the presence of God without fear, because we are his children. This is how Paul explains it in Galatians. He writes, For, though the law, for through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And later, Paul again will write, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. But this is why Christ had to come in the flesh to save us. He puts himself under the law's curses and under its demands, and he redeems us from them. And now we get to what the celebration means. What is it that we so joyfully proclaim on Christmas? What are all the festivities and decorations about? And this is what Paul writes, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Being free from the law means that we live united with Christ. He is our righteousness. We are connected to him. And this means that neither sin, nor the devil, nor even death itself will have the last word over you. All of those things hold the law over you. In fact, this is how the devil works. The devil himself will torment you with God's law. He will remind you how terrible you are at keeping God's law. He will remind you what an awful sinner you are how inadequate you are. And even the fear of death itself comes from knowing that we haven't met God's law. And the fear of death is really a fear of judgment before God. And death itself torments us with the law. But the coming of Christ for you means that you no longer need to be tormented with the law's demands and its curses. Christ has redeemed you from them. And by faith, we accept all that he has done for us. And this is why in Luke 2, Simeon gives us such a lovely song to sing. Simeon's traditionally portrayed as an old man who has waited for many years for the coming of the Messiah in the temple. He's portrayed as a man who has felt the burden of the law for many years. He has felt the curse of the law, and he has waited to be consoled with the coming of the one who will redeem him and give him the promise of eternal life. And so when Simeon holds his Savior in his hands, he holds the child Christ in his hands, he acknowledges him, this is my master, this is my Lord, this is my Savior. And seeing the Christ child, he sings, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon knows that once Christ has come, he no longer needs to fear death. He confesses that he can be dismissed from this life. He confidently says that whenever God wants him 
to pass from this life and into the next, that he is ready, and he is ready because he knows that Christ has come to redeem him from the curse of the law. Likewise, Anna the prophet sees the Christ child and gives him praise, and she tells everyone that the Savior has come. She knows that her redemption and the redemption of all God's people is present in Mary's little child. And the praises of Simeon and of Anna, they both foreshadow the same praises we proclaim during Christmas. Right? Simeon and Anna would have known well the words that we sing. Right? Mild he lays his glory by, born that we may no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Because Christ is born, we no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear being in the presence of God. Instead, because Christ is born, we are made God's own children. Because Christ is born, we are born again. And so as God's children, we don't come to the Lord's altar to make sacrifices to appease him under the law. But we come to the Lord's altar to receive his gifts freely given to us. Because the law, all of God's demands, have been fulfilled for you. And now you live freely, knowing of God's grace and love to you. And so in a moment, when you come to Holy Communion, you will be like Simeon. You will hold the Savior in your hand. You will be in the direct presence of the one who came to redeem you. And so you will be able to pray with Simeon, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he arose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. Eternal Lord God, in the fullness of time, you sent forth your Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us and give us adoption as your children. Hear us, Father, as we call to you in his name. Give us grace to rejoice in his blessed incarnation and grant us a glad new year. Lord, in your mercy. Lead your church, Lord, to follow the example of Simeon, that all baptized Christians would embrace the Christ child by word and faith, and so be ready to depart whenever they are called. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, mighty Lord, you have given power to the nations and to those who govern for the good of their people. Bless our President Joseph, our Congress, our Governor Richard Michael, and all of our leaders that justice may prevail, and your people would be free to live at peace with all. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, from whom all fatherhood on earth is named, bless Christian families with your promises. Give parents diligence and delight in their work, and grant your favor on all children, that they may grow in strength and wisdom. And bless widows, orphans, and any broken family with your mercy and give them joy in the redemption you have won for us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, help the sick and suffering, especially those who we lift up to you this morning. Betty, Ardith, John, Tammy, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Steve, Nancy, Dwight, Jim, Max, Jane, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, and Jen. Surround them with your love in Christ, and according to your gracious will, heal them. Lord, in your mercy. 
Father of lasting peace, show your mercy to those who receive the Lord's Supper this day, that they would behold their salvation in the very body and blood of Christ given for them. And with Simeon, be well prepared to depart in peace according to your word. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we here remembering, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, and graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. 
Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. In the wonder and mystery of the Word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. <clears throat> the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son Jesus, the word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us, bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. All praise and glory are yours. Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.